0: It is the 488th edition of the Chair Shop Podcast, back here of a Sunday evening. Uh, The final Sunday of September, lads. We're getting deep into fall here. We're getting into the business end of the year. Spooky season approaches and Christmas not long after. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner.
1: Hi there, Barry. And
0: also, Mr. Paul Griffin.
2: Hi, Barry. Hi, Joe. It's actually episode 489, but who's counting? Who's so evidently counting? Evidently not me, baby. Ooh. It's a bit our fault because we forgot to update the number on the run sheet.
0: Dope! Uh, and also, I wasn't here on the last one, so I'm all out of whack. I'm all out of sync. You know? In a way,
2: it's your 488 one, so... Oh,
0: well, I've missed a million, so I've, I, it's it's probably fucking 17- my four. It's probably, it's probably my
2: 400th. Maybe. Um, I think it's my 488th, funnily enough. Hmm. Uh,
0: let me see here. We've got uh, a bajillion things to talk about, lads. I wasn't here last week because I was down there in the west of Ireland. I don't know why I said down. I'm in the south, so I went up to the west. Um, I went to Galway. Not Galway City, Galway County. Um, and okay. to see the sights, and boy, did I see the sights! I did a great old tour, I did kind of various bits and bobs around the wild Atlantic way. Very, very, very beautiful part of the country. Um, uh, nice to do a little bit of sightseeing. Um, uh, really, really great. Just a nice, just a nice break to kind of get away from, uh, from you know, um, the old, the old four walls of the, of the apartment. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was really nice. And also, it's just kind of one of those things where you can kind of get away and be a little bit isolated. Um, cause we, we were kind of up on the sticks. Uh, so yeah, it was lovely. Uh, we, me, and the missus went. It was all very nice. And then on Monday, uh, took the Monday off work for that for the, for a long weekend. We went on a delightful uh, boat trip that sort of, uh, went, uh, down, uh, the river that sort of divides uh county galway and county mayo and it was lovely and it was very very cold and i believe uh as a result of that lovely delightful bit of sightseeing i got an absolutely outrageous ear infection (laughs) um the likes of which i've never had before in my life um i had an ear infection once before in like transition year of of secondary school which wasn't very nice and since then i think i've been okay i get the odd sore ear here there for maybe the headphones been in too far but oh my jesus the middle of this week this thing kicked in and i cannot remember the last time i've been in more pain uh more consistently it was it's been absolutely horrible so I, i i gutted it out uh uh thursday working from home taking calls all that shit with my with my my uh, stabby stabby pain in the side of my head um which is horrible and i had to give up on friday and go uh, go to the doctor so I, i'm sitting here with one headphone in so if at any point during the show i go what it's because i i, I might not be hearing yet my full capacity um but uh, on the road to recovery feeling good going back to work tomorrow uh so that's been most of my weekend I also had to uh, sort of grit my teeth through a very nice very fun um uh, get together with some friends um for a stag do um last night which obviously that that did not involve going out in the town (laughs) and touring and going to Malaga uh because obviously with our current situation it involved me and four other people hanging out in the house but it was nice it was nice to see the lads but uh I, I was wearing a beanie cap, which I never wear, but I had to keep my ear covered, um, and I was doing a lot of grimacing. But uh, I made it, and more importantly, I made it to this podcast. So uh, how are you boys? How are you getting on in the last in the last week while I've been off I- I- adventuring and being miserable?
1: pretty pretty good. No, no infections.
2: Okay. No, we had a damn fine podcast last
1: week. Oh, what a podcast.
2: Oops. That's not due to Barry's absence necessarily. But it was just a damn good show. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, they can both be true. Yeah.
2: Um just quickly, I um I did a lot of walking this week. I, I went on a big walk today. Big uh well, six or seven kilometers, I think it was, somewhere in that range. An hour and a half walk. Um had a little McDonald's zoo. Right. But I was very good. I was very good listen in ter- as far as mcdonald's go right um coke zero right which in the interest of true transparency uh, i ordered by mistake
1: oh
2: <laughs> but then i felt real good i was like that's a, that's that's maybe a freudian thing where where i wanted the full sugar coke and my body knowing, Paul, you know, you're
1: watching the <laughs> calorie mind. intake. He's telling me yes, but my body, my body <laughs> is telling me no.
2: <laughs> so I got the Coke Zero. Uh, one large fries, which mm. for our, for our um, listeners in the US, a small fries. Mm. Um, but I, I watched the video. I don't know what video it was or what even it was to do, but there was a guy in it holding, an American in it, holding a large fries, and it was like a popcorn bucket. Like you would get at the cinema. Sigh, so, I can't believe <laughs> I'm being honest. And of course, I I was envious of it. I was like lustful and hated that we don't have that option over here. Our little dinky large fries. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, and I had a uh, a plain quarter pounder, no cheese, and I had no dessert. That's all I had. So I was a very very good boy today. And then I walked seven kilometers, so I, <laughs> I burned most of it off. Good man. Uh, The reason for this trip was not McDonald's, believe it or not, although that was a a very, very nice byproduct. I went to buy a football to use uh, for for my exercise, in addition to all the walking I do and going to the gym. I don't really like jogging, but I don't mind running around if it's to kick a football. Mm. I went into the nearest uh, Sports Direct, and I bought the the official Champions League ball.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: For thirty Europeans, a very nice ball. Uh, Can't leave it outside the back garden because that's where all the dogs live.
1: Oh, they'll be right after that
2: when they come. Yeah, they're Uh, not. They're they're not in the Champions League. League. (laughs) (laughs) They they lost the qualifying match. So I have, um, I have it under the stairs. But uh, given that I probably won't be going to the gym again until Thursday, just due to some scheduling, I'll uh, I'll probably go out and have a kick about one of the days. So that'd be fun. Um, been to the gym, as I said. Uh, doing a thing now. Because I feel like a real gym boy now, right? Where I'm writing down all the weights of the lifting I'm doing. I, I spoke about that last week about the, uh, the funny names I give to the exercises. Because I'm not so much a gym boy that I actually know what the things are called. But um, that came to, you know... To be of good use this week because I've started to go up in weight on things, so it's easy for me to track. Oh, last time I did 20 kilograms, today Ooh. is 22.5, and I can track my little uh, progression, so that's good fun. well done, um, also, uh, I finished reading my big Zelda coffee table book, the uh Breath of the Wild one. Wow, okay, uh. Creating a Champion, 418 pages Jesus, art and <laughs> uh, developer notes and a lot, a lot of good stuff. The, towards the end, it gets very, very wordy. And I was kind of itching to get it finished to start my new book, which I got just this week. And uh, I, I I, powered through it during the football yesterday, I got it finished. But I'm reading my new book now, which is uh, one of the ones I talked about buying recently but it just arrived from fangamer.com it's called legends of localization book one the legend of zelda by clyde mandolin
1: Mm. uh
2: it came with a lovely not not a full um like cover sleeve but like a maybe a third of the size of the the height of the book a little sleeve um which is apparently a Japanese thing. And because this is a localization book, they, they just did that as a nice little thing. And on the inside of that little sleeve, it has the entire release history of the first Legend of Zelda. So, you know, it's initial release, re-release on Game Boy, re-release on Virtual, virtual Console. Virtual Console, yeah. The time it was in the first Animal Crossing as a hidden feature. Mm. It's just a nice little touch it, every little thing. So I've started reading this, and I'm uh, 40 pages in. It's super super cool. Talks about the uh, it's it's about the first Legend of Zelda game on the NES, uh, and specifically about the localization of the game from Japanese to English, mm. and all the little differences there are between the versions. Not only in terms of the game, but even the 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 release. So Zelda was originally, for example, on the Famicom disk system rather than uh, a cartridge, like it was on the original NES. Mm. And it talks about the different options that were present as a result that American players or um, European players would have never experienced, like loading screens and different text that just isn't present in the game. Uh, also talks about which I thought was very funny. Let me find it very quickly. Um, that the original, I'll, go, I'll tell a little story here. It might take a minute, but it's it, it, quite funny. The original Zelda on the NES had in the instruction manual. Uh, a hint for how to be enemies because the game was so difficult that back then the instruction manuals used to kind of serve as guides to an extent, yeah. right? Uh, so it had for one uh, enemy type, if I can find it here, enemy called a Paul's Voice, not to be mistaken with me, P O L S. And the clue in the booklet reads as follows. Paul's Voice, a ghost with big ears and a weak point, he hates loud noise, right? So if you're an American player of the game, uh, you might think, well, I only have one item that makes a loud noise, the flute. So that's obviously what that must refer to, right? Mm. Incorrect. The original Japanese release of Zelda uh, came out on the Famicom system, and the Famicom uh, came with two controllers, one of which had a microphone on it, which was actually stripped out for the American NES release. The American NES doesn't have the microphone functionality, but when they translated the instruction booklet, they just did a straight translation. Mm. So that clue... Lies to a feature that wasn't present in the system when it was released in America. Weird. Um, so, to jump ahead, they have a little table at the end, how to defeat these uh, enemies, right? All English releases use arrows. They just made that the enemies are weak to arrows because the functionality mm-hmm. wasn't there. Uh, Famicom system, use microphone in controller. Then you have Japanese Game Boy Advance. You figured they would just maybe use the English arrows option because the game Boy advance didn't have a microphone of course uh no on the japanese game Boy advance you have to press select four times to defeat the enemies uh japanese gamecube or wii virtual console again no microphone uh you might think well they might use arrows or they might (laughs) use the press select four times option no twirl the right analog stick uh, and then on the 3DS, which does have a microphone, you might figure, just use a microphone. No, you have to press L and R at the same time, then press Y to select controller 2, and then use the microphone. So it has all these little weird <laughs> idiosyncrasies of what you would consider would be a very simple game. Actually, there was lots of little weirdness that have happened um, in that game being ported across to the US. Uh, so a super interesting book. I'm, I'm real happy uh, reading. It. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, um, just, they, what, what
0: system... Was it the Wii eventually had a microphone? No, the DS had a microphone that you blew into yeah, in some games. Isn't it?
2: Exactly, yeah. But even for that, there's a weird uh, button combination you have to press in order to actually use the microphone, rather than the microphone just being... Like, just screaming at the microphone. Uh, so I'm reading that at the moment. Very much enjoying it. Um, I'm far from, you know... Uh, what is it, an otaku... But no, I, 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 sure. I really like, really like Elvis, so I just find the book very, very interesting. Um, and then finally, Joe, did you watch A De Futi yesterday?
1: Uh, I only saw the first half an hour. It was boring, so I stopped watching. Ah! ah!
2: <laughs> My God, one of the most, one of the most amazing, exciting games I've ever watched. I uh, this. I heard about this
0: because it, it was discussed at. A great link at the at the stag last
2: night. So
1: was it was it oh exciting or was it just pathetic? <laughs> it, was, it was
2: very very exciting. I was jumping up and down constantly during that game. Uh, um, yeah, stick with it next time, Joe.
1: No, Let me tell you. no, I think I'd be more embarrassed to watch us win like that. To be honest, no, it was
2: exciting. No, right. I understand. Yeah, I, it's definitely not a win to take any kind of. Um, positivity from or or think that oh well we won so we were good obviously no that's not true but still as a spectacle for brighton to hit the the woodwork five times to equalize in the 95th minute and still lose for us to score the winner (laughs) after the final whistle which i've never seen happen um as a spectacle even from a neutral point of view it was i'm
1: far from neutral obviously yeah i'm sure the neutrals absolutely loved watching us win in the 99th minute with a penalty well I'm sure the neutrals loved it.
2: I was I watched the Winston well, neutrals, neutrals and they, they thought it was fascinating. Mm. So oh. And I of course me and my mate were jumping up at the hound at the end. So look of course of course, of course. Market Champions. And now they say market champions, win Night win of- when you haven't played well. Market Night champions. Of champions.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah. So uh, quite quiet week for me. Um, although I did, as I, as I mentioned, well, it's been a few months ago now, I am starting a new job soon, uh, in yeah. a week. In fact, finally there after a three-month notice period. Just gone on and on. Um, so as a consequence of that, I did actually meet up with a few people from work for the first time since I saw them at the office in March. Um, so I met up with a few people and went to the pub for the first time since February. Um, so that was nice. It was actually much Better, I don't. I mean, going to the pub, it's a bit of a hassle, on it normally you gotta stand yeah. in the bar. It's people being annoying. Um, you know, you have to book a table in advance, so you know you've got a table. Uh, you turn up, they check your name of the list, you go in, it's all table service, they bring the bill at the end, uh, and you get chucked out at 10 o'clock. So, uh, from my perspective, I think pubs should be like that all the time, everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 table service phenomenon is 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 great, is it? I mean, it, you know, uh, it's it, it, why would anyone ever want to stand
1: up at a bar? It's crap. Like, uh, and
0: better. now, they, you know, we've eliminated the concept of you you spend half your night going. Ah, oh, will we go out? Will we go out? And then you decide to go out. And go, oh, no table. Ah, oh, let's just sit, stand at the bar. No, yeah. no, no. We will decide in advance if we're going out, and I guarantee you, we'll get a table.
1: Yeah. It, it was good, so um, yeah, enjoyed that. I had a few drinks. It's weird socialising after so long of literally just being in the house, <laughs> and then and occasionally seeing a family member, um, to actually go out and have to talk to people again and sit yeah. in a public space. But uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. Just get get out of the, the monotony of the the week to week lockdown experience. So um, that will probably be it for another six months, I'd imagine. Uh, now that we're going into phase two. So I'll, I'll en- enjoy that experience uh, for for now. And uh, yeah, that was about my week. Other than that, pretty leading quiet.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So uh, that that was the the weeks for us there. And uh, kind of partway way between sort of life guff and game guff. Here, lots of games to discuss. Um, Paul, did you take part in pre-order at Mania, brother, in the last two weeks?
2: No, I don't have that kind of disposable income, unless it's on Zelda books.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, yeah, you got your you got your bevy of, of Zelda books um, uh, delivered. So that was that put a big dent. Yeah, I I um, after that that PlayStation stream, which wasn't bad or anything, but I I was just kind of feeling like God, I I don't need either of these 500 quid machines at launch they just both seem very i'm sure they'll be great at a certain point but as far the launches are always fairly um middling at best and this one seems like maybe like the worst of my lifetime i think in terms of i don't think i could name three games that you have to have a new machine to play
2: yeah, it um, definitely feels like they're leaning a lot more into like don't worry you'll have a thousand PS4 games and Xbox One games to play.
0: Yeah, Xbox in particular, they're going heavy on that marketing of four generations cuz they're carrying forward all the backwards compatibility yeah. stuff and it's like and and with the Sony thing, I remember watching that stream and I remember before that stream thinking that Miles Morales was, you know, sure to be good, but that was not a game I was going to rush out and get a new machine for. And then they quietly confirmed it's also coming to PS4. I was like, okay, there, so there is literally nothing you have to have a PlayStation 5 to play yeah. um, uh, this year. It's actually, it is kind of bonkers. Um, and I think it speaks to um, uh, that the console thing going a bit more in the phone direction where they are kind of just going to be faster, more iterative devices rather than Here's your big cutoff. Do you know what I mean? Um but yeah, so so as as pre-order day was was, was coming up and I saw everyone, I felt the mayhem of the PlayStation 5 ones that didn't go great. Um and I was kind of to and fro and I eventually said, fuck it, I'll 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 grab me the 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 little Xbox, the cheap Xbox. Um yes, nice. with the with the with the no drive. Uh because I've I've sung the praises on here of the Game Pass service on on PC um and uh i think it's great Uh, i have a fairly basic laptop so i can't i can't run every game that comes out on there uh and so it's like 300 quid for a new machine i can use as the game pass. just use as the game pass box i i will never be a halo guy or anything like that but uh i was like i can get that and that can also be by like when cyberpunk comes out that would be my my quasi-next-gen machine to play it on. So I, I got one after about 40 minutes of faffing around that morning. Um, websites crashing, uh, retailers not updating their listings with it, uh, as as everyone was uh, obliterating their websites at the same time. Uh, so it was not the easiest process in the world, but I did eventually grab the Series S. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I actually haven't owned an Xbox in quite a while. Um so yeah, and uh, we'll we'll dive into the uh, the game guff then on that subject.
1: Well, let me uh, just
2: talk on the Xbox Series One or sure. or Series S and X for a second. Yeah, I haven't owned a X. Well, I haven't. Let's say I haven't had an Xbox as my primary console for um, the better part of a decade, at least. Mm. I don't know that I would. Remember my like Xbox user details to log on to one. I think if I if I ever go back to Xbox, I am gonna have to set up a, a new account. <laughs> That's how how long ago we're talking. The, the The last game I played on Xbox was Skyrim. Wow, because recall Skyrim didn't work on the PlayStation, yeah, because of the the saving issue with that. Um, but you know, aside from Skyrim, I haven't played an Xbox game since the two thousands maybe 2008 2009 maybe fallout new vegas might have been the previous one yeah um,
0: i i for for game pass on pc i just created a new account i could not remember i could not even remember the email address i used to set up my 360 profile back in the day so i started a new
2: exactly i think like when we we got the xbox 360 in 2006 i guess so yeah i would have been not even eighteen <laughs> at that point, so I don't know what what my life was even using back then. Yeah, um, but that was you know that was my primary console back then. I I, I didn't get a PS. I never had a PS one or PS two. Uh, only got PS three in twenty ten when I was living in France. Was my first PlayStation. It got the Slim, and I've been PlayStation ever since. But I must say. As much as I, I'm, I'm a PlayStation guy, and I'm kind of entrenched into the the, the PlayStation system. I love the majority of the PlayStation exclusive games. Um, like you, I, I'm I'm leaning towards Xbox Series S more so than PS5 at the moment because that Game Pass deal is is too good value to turn down. Taking into account also the price of the console, um, I would very easily. Uh, just, just get the console, subscribe to Game Pass, and uh, the, the, the kind of perk of that is, you know, of course, as they've, they've said, getting all the Bethesda games, Microsoft Studios games, etc. Yeah. Um, I, like you, I'm not a Halo guy, but if you put in front of me the Game Pass and say, look, Halo Infinite is essentially free, go yeah. for it, I'm going to give that game a go, whereas if it wasn't on Game Pass, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's it's Opening doors to me that would previously have been closed otherwise. Um, which I, do, I kind of appreciate now having, you know, in the PlayStation ecosystem, as I said, as much as I love the exclusive games, um, I, I, it's almost, I guess, been a bit of a comfort zone in terms of the games I've actually played on PlayStation. Whether it's like Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm playing now, which is very similar to Assassin's Creed. Uh, Odyssey, which is very similar to Assassin's Creed. Um, Origins, mm. the, the PEZ games I play are, are mostly the same. Um, Horizon is great, but Horizon again is a very familiar feeling open world game. Yeah. Um, the only ones you could say maybe stand out a bit more like The Last of Us Part Two and God of War. Um, so, PlayStation, especially now that they announced, as you said, that Miles Morales and Horizon are going to be on PS4. Mm definitely no incentive for me to get a PS5 for, what, two, three years, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, we'll kind of see they, I doubt it, but they kind of, they, they said that new God of War will be next year, but that could be PS4 as well. I mean, you know, they've, with like you said, with Horizon 2 now being on that machine, that really blew my mind. I was like, okay, they, they've they quietly, without, they've not really addressed it, but it really seems like they're going to uh, be keeping stuff on that device for a, a, another while to come
2: um, One thing for me to, to take into account as well given that these games have come to PS4 is that I already upgraded last year from a, a launch PS4 to a PS4 Pro so those games are probably going to run fairly well on PS4 Pro whereas if I'm yeah. still on a launch console there probably would be a bit more of a push for me to okay, these games are on PS4 but re- how well are they really going to run on my 2013 system? Yeah um, but now I'm on a 2019 Pro, they would probably work pretty well, you know. So, yeah, look, it is what it is, anyway.
0: Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah I, I think in five years' time, uh, when we're knee deep in that next generation, I, I feel like, as you mentioned there, when it comes to the first party exclusives, I'll probably primarily be playing the PlayStation. You know when you have whatever the next naughty dog thing is, the next full Spider-Man game, all those stuff. But you know, for this Christmas, I don't think either of them are worth 500, 500 quid. You know, um, which is what makes the the S appealing. But yeah, and I don't have
2: I don't have a four K TV either. I so I also don't, and I have no interest in getting one anytime soon. So no, that's why the um, series S appeals to me. And you know, I would have my PS4 for Blu-ray. Which I, mm. I have a lot of it, is so I would still like to have the the disc tray for that. But Xbox Series S, I I wouldn't need that, so I'm happy to have a discless uh, Series S with one with 1080p output. That's absolutely fine to me, as long as the games run okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, again, since I'm saving for a house, that might come down, <laughs> even that might come down the line a, a year maybe until I get one. But like, sure. I I have plenty of PS4 games to keep me going, and I. Anyway, I'm a weirdo who plays GameCube games still. So, look, (laughs) I don't really need a PlayStation 5 right away. Or an Xbox Series S. Um, Speaking of games...
0: Mm -hmm. Let's talk about them.
2: uh, Finished that 3DS game I was playing. Go on. Mario Sticker Star. Um, Quite enjoyed it, I must say. Even though it feels like a dumbed-down Thousand-Year Door, which, as I said, is is the best one. Uh, It definitely feels... A little bit underwritten compared to that uh you don't have the uh the memorable characters you don't have a a, a parity of characters with you um but i still found the gameplay generally satisfying and as i said um i played it with a god gu- not, not entirely with a guide but because it's a game that essentially requires you to have certain items at certain times and won't really tell you it, it, it kind of expects you to play the level get stuck and then figure out what you need to get past the bit you've been stuck on. Um, but does that far too often for it to be like a satisfying loop, and instead it's just very frustrating. So what I did was I would basically look at the guide before dipping into a level, and it would tell me, look, you need you need these three items before you start this level. And I'd be like, all right, get them, and then I'd play, and then I'd play the game on my own. Um, I found playing like that a very satisfying experience. So, um, Although objectively... If I was to review it, I would point out all of these flaws that, you know, if you were to play it without a guide, it's a massively frustrating and poorly designed game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Playing with a little bit of help, it's um, it's actually much more satisfying. Um, the battling is while not as deep as the first two Paper Mario games, it retains a lot of the stuff that made the battling system in, in them fun. Like the action commands, like tapping A when you jump on an enemy's head to you know, do extra damage and stuff, to defend yourself and stuff like that. Um, story is kind of nothingy as you would expect from those games. Um, and probably it took me like 12 hours to beat, so it wasn't a very long uh, experience either. And the level design was pretty fun and pretty varied. Um, some levels in particular were very, very clever. Um, There's one that's like a similar, I guess, to the Boo's Mansion level from Mario 64. But the booze are all hidden in stuff. And so it's kind of like a mix of Booze Mansion and Finders Keepers uh, with Neil Buchanan. And you have to find all the booze in order to kind of progress. And that was a fun little challenge because you're looking in kind of in a point and click adventure kind of way, looking at every little place and nook and cranny in the level that you can find to find all the booze. So that was a fun game. Um, I'm now on Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U. Uh, Annoyingly, the European release of Color Splash still has "color" spelt without a U. Oh, no. C O L O R, which I I don't appreciate. But it's again uh, feels like a dumbed down version of the the classic Paper Mario games. Mm. Again, in terms of like how like those those first two games are surprisingly deep. This is a lot more accessible, a, a lot less RPG, a lot more. Um, Action adventure, I guess. Yeah, um, I think I
0: think that's where things kind of got a bit divisive, and it's that's also true of the most recent one. Is that yeah. it's kind of there's it there's two questions: it's do you think it's good, and do you think it's, it's true to the previous ones? And I think people people kind of have their die hard, This is what I want the Paper Mario game to be, you know.
2: Well, I I absolutely have that. I think the Paper Mario series should be what the first two games are. Right, but I. Uh, as I said, I enjoyed Sticker Star, even though that is what I would call the new Paper Paper Mario. And Sticker Star and Color Splash definitely have a very similar feel that the first two games don't have. It's kind of like, without being as severe, it's kind of like Classic Simpsons and New Simpsons. Uh, Without necessarily one being super good and one being super bad, they have like really distinguishable feels, if you know what I mean. Um, So Color Splash is, is um feels very similar it's got the same kind of action uh, and battle feature as as the previous game uh, it looks fantastic being at the first HD paper mario game and what i like about it also is as you progress through the levels you have like your hammer but this time the hammer uh, is like loaded with paint and so you're splashing paint around the level and your job is to color the world back in because mm. you have like shy guys with straws who are like sucking the color out of the world you have to put it back and uh, you have like a little completion percentage for each level. And if you 100% a level, which isn't mandatory by any means, but if you 100% a level, you unlock these like little challenge levels. And one of them was like Rochambeau Palace. And you do like rock, paper, scissors with enemies. And if you win, you get loads of coins.
0: And Ricky Starks is there chatting to you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so I'm very early into Color Slash. I'm maybe two hours into it, but it's uh, mm. it's, it's fun, and I, I although I didn't really love the Wii Paper Mario, because that kind of feels like the one that wasn't like the first two, and isn't like what Paper Mario has become, it's kind of its own thing um, I didn't really enjoy that one, that's maybe my least favourite one but I'm happy enough with what Paper Mario has become, especially that this is actually my first time uh, playing Color Splash, and I had played Sticker Star, but never uh, completed it uh, and I, I'm I'm okay with what Paper Mario became. Uh, I think it's a, a perfectly good, um, re- and again, color splash, really funny, really well written. M- much more so than Sticker Star, has that kind of British humor to it. Um, really, really enjoying that. So, um, that's all I've been playing. Playing Ghost and Tsushima here and there, but mm-hmm. um, I find it a bit easier just to pick up Paper Mario because Paper Mario is. Uh, segmented into levels it's much easier to pick up and play like a level here and there. So.
0: did you uh, did you get that Mario 3D All Stars thing?
2: No, I didn't.
0: Yeah, me neither. Um,
2: well as I tweeted, I, I have the the games. Yes, oh <laughs> I dear. have the three games in the in their original format. Um, although the the new um, collection does have improvements and I've watched a few um not reviews, but a few like analyses of.
0: Yeah, was. there was a there was um, a good digital boundary video kind of detailing what they did and did not do to them. Yeah,
2: and to be fair, some of the upgrades, I I almost think like, oh, I I would I for sunshine, for example, the hood is too big. Yeah, and I would prefer to play it in widescreen with a a, sm- a smaller less in the way hood. Yeah, um, and I would prefer to play mario 64 with like a, cl- a cleaned up higher resolution version of it that that's true um but I, I just find again i find it hard to justify that i already own the three games yeah no, absolutely i can play them anytime i want and you know as there's something to say first of all for owning the collection on switch on a portable console which i find very appealing and i would be very 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 much into but there's something difficult about buying it when you own the games and you can pop them in anytime you feel like anyway. And I think, um, I think I'd think just rather play them with the original controls as well. Like, I can't imagine, only because I'm I'm used to playing it this way. Obviously, if you've never played the game and you're playing it for the first time on Switch, you're going to be used to playing it that way. But I can't imagine playing Mario Galaxy without the Wii mode and nunchuck. Like, you know, that's just how I know that game. Um. So while while there are advantages and disadvantages to the package, I and mean, you know, of course, it could have been done with much more bells and whistles, and yeah, you know, obviously it wasn't. But um, still, I think it's a good package, and but you know, not one for me.
0: Well, I, I didn't realize until uh, it was pointed out in that in that digital foundry di- uh, video I mentioned. I didn't realize that uh, I had heard of Mario All Stars before when they put the. The original games on SNES, but I didn't realize they they remade those games with new assets. On, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. yeah, it's like an SNES remake of like that's cool. That looks really interesting. And I, I suppose when you kind of evoke a name like that, I think that kind of exp- that does kind of get the older fan who who would give a shit about a package like this um, sets the standard. Yeah, a, a I way. mean,
2: it, I think it's it's a bit of an unfair comparison though. Insofar as it's much easier to upgrade, yeah. NES visuals SNES visuals. But um, there was also a version of All Stars which came with Mario World, uh, which I didn't own. I I have on Super Nintendo the the classic All Stars that people. Yeah. Know. But there was a version of All Stars with Mario World as well, which is kind of like the ultimate All Stars, like Mario Bros one, two, and three, and World
0: and World, yeah. Um, yeah. That, so um, that's the that's the paper Mario and slight tangent non-paper
2: Mario. Uh, Golf for, for the week. Uh, I've been playing some. Are you getting on with Odyssey, by the way, Joe? Just while we're on the Mario kick.
1: Um, still tipping away Odyssey. I'd I'd completed it, or I'd beaten Bowser. Um, Friday last week. So the last week I've just been harvesting all the remaining moons to get to 880. Um, I've got eight left. Eight moons left. Wow! Jeez. Uh, Jeez.
0: Jesus, Jesus.
1: It's been an intense week. Some of them so, was so frustrating. I just thought there's no point. I'm never going to do this. And then eventually I beat them. But I think the last the last eight are going to be really tough. So three of them are Cooper races, which have been the most um, aggravating levels to do. I still got the jump rope one to do, um, and then a few um, a few dark side darker side of the moon. Uh, did
2: you finish the volleyball one? already, Yeah, I
1: did that one. Yeah, actually. There was a, a tip online that I used. I don't know if you use this, but yeah, if you switch to two-player mode, yeah, that's, and that's yeah, exactly and good you good. just control the hat. It was yeah, I did that. Then I did it like second attempt. It was pretty easy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Yeah, not looking forward to the jump rope one. Or the... I
2: remember there being one where the is it one where like the world is collapsing behind you as you go. I forget mm. what the level is called. I found out it's really, really difficult. Is that with Yoshi? Oh,
1: it might be. I you have don't to collect remember. fruit as, as things are collapsing. Yeah, there's a few tricky ones, but yeah, i I think it's going to take me as. long. Stick with as, it. You'll get there. You'll get there. It's going to take me as long to get these eight as it did to do the rest of the game. <laughs> You'll get there. I'll get there eventually. It. Yeah, it's. Still, I mean, it's a great game. It's, you know, the amount of the amount of stuff to do is is phenomenal. So I'm really really enjoying it.
0: Um, I don't think, I'm not sure if I mentioned this the last time I was on. I, I've gotten gotten the misses going on the Mario Odyssey. Uh, she's having a ball. She's really loving it. Um, as someone who doesn't play very many video games, mm. um, so maybe maybe not this year, but uh, maybe next year there might be two switches in this household. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, because I I haven't wanted because that's what I have Hades on, which is what I've been playing this week.
1: Um, <laughs> I want that little blue and red thing. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah so that's the main thing I've I've uh, played this week I played Hades which is the new game from supergiant who did bastion transistor and pyre um, it was in early access for ages uh, like like two years I think um, and it went kind of 1.0 last week, came out on the Switch, and it is, ooh baby, bloody brilliant, um, as most of their games are. Uh, It's kind of like a roguelike action game. So you're playing as the son of Hades, the Greek god of the underworld, Uh, and you're like, right, I've had enough of this shit down here, I want to leave. And so you're basically trying to, it's kind of like you're fighting through all these dungeons, trying to uh, get to the surface, and you fight bosses every couple of chambers. Uh, And it's roguelike, so you get power-ups every run, uh, and they obviously go away when you die and you start fresh with a newly randomized uh, campaign when you start over. But what I like about Hades compared to a lot of other games like that is that they have way more emphasis on story and character than those games typically have. Um, So uh, when you die, you're basically warped back to uh, Hades' throne room And Hades is is kind of portrayed as just your sort of surly, disapproving dad. And so when you die and you kind of walk past, he's like, "You continue to fail me, even when you're trying to escape, you little twerp." Um, uh, And and little things like that. It's just got it's got lots of uh, it put lots of effort into uh, creating a universe that explains. Why the levels are randomised and why you get some power ups and just kind of stuff that you never even think about because this genre of game doesn't usually bother. It's just kind of like you know, um, uh, it's kind of just play it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's really really addictive. Looks gorgeous, really beautifully animated. Um, uh, great voice acting as well. It's 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 great. It's like twenty quid on Switch. Um, it's twenty on the Epic Game Store as well, and they're and they're giving out. 10 quid off tokens on epic as well so if you want it on pc big recommend on that one and i'm playing it on switch and it's a great version of it on switch um, uh, i've also been playing spelunky 2 on the playstation how much to say about that it's 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 a very similar game to the first one but i like it um kind of kind of got distracted with with hades because they are similar games in terms of being roguelikes but hades is way more my speed um, I played a very cute uh, sort of linear kind of walking simulator style game called White Ocean Big Jacket, uh, which is like a uh, sort of, I'm not even sure I would necessarily even call it as a, a coming-of-age story. It's, it's a lot more breezy than that. It's basically you, you follow uh, the, these kind of 13-year-old uh, young couple uh, on their first camping trip with the girls' aunt and uncle, and it's kind of just a comedic kind of uh, twee story. It's about ninety minutes long, not even ninety minutes long. I think where you just kind of button through the story. There's some very basic choices in it, but it's very cute. It's very funny. The dialogue is very snappy. Um, it, for whatever reason, in particular, the uncle character. It. it, it Played to me like an interactive episode of Bob's Burgers. That was the the tone I was getting off it. So if that's your kind of vibe, I think you might enjoy this. Um, again, very linear. It's not it's not any kind of deep adventure game with meaningful choices, but it's it's very cute and it's very enjoyable. Um, uh, way to kill an hour and a half if you're looking for a bit of a chilled out fun game. Uh, that's just uh, got some some fun dialogue in it. Uh, back on the subject of Game Pass, I started playing Spiritfarer, which is a, a Game Pass game. I'm not sure what other systems it's on. I think you might like Spiritfarer, Paul, from from the early. I
2: think I saw it on a Nintendo Direct.
0: I think it's on the Switch, or it should be coming up to the Switch this year. I think uh, it's it's great. So so it's basically a again beautifully animated. Really, I I don't want to say it's exactly. Ghibli esque, like that's it's not quite that style, but it's a little bit kind of hand painted, just really, really picturesque and and very simple and very vivid colors. Uh, basically, you play uh, this character who is the new spirit fair, which basically you're in this kind of whimsical mythical world where you're transporting spirits into the afterlife. And effectively, it's a management sim, not dissimilar to Animal Crossing. Uh, You get these spirits onto your ship. um, You have to do various odd jobs around the world to get resources, to plant food, to then cook the food to make your ship bigger to get a bigger and better uh, cooker to get more living space. It's that kind of thing. Upgrade your your equipment to produce food and resources faster to keep your crewmates happy. And eventually, they then get off the ship and they move on to the next the next plane of existence, as as it were. Um, so yeah, it's it's. Um, it's very accessible. It doesn't seem like it's... I don't think it's trying to be a challenging management sim. I'm only about two hours in, but it's very much seems kind of like in the Animal Crossing vein of this is kind of just a relaxing game where you've just got some meters to check and you've got some tasks to do and you've got some colorful characters to interact with. Uh, but it's a, very, it's a very different style and energy to Animal Crossing. And there is also a bit more... um uh actual gaminess to it like there's some very light platforming involved and stuff like that uh, it's great it is it looks great its soundtrack is absolutely beautiful really 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 great i want to get back to that very soon I, I think it would be right up your alley um and i think that is i think that's less than 20 quid i think i saw it i think it's 20 quid on, on uh, to, to buy out um so that is a big recommendation and the last thing I played on my busy week of playing things is I played Among Us, which is all the rage at the moment. I don't know why it exploded into popularity. It came out two years ago. Uh, it's basically a video game version of your secret Hitler or whatever your card game of choice is, where a group of people between four and ten uh, have a task to do, and one person among them is an imposter. And... The players have to decipher who is the uh, the imposter, and basically in Among Us, you're on a ship. Uh, there are lots of almost kind of warrior wear style mini games on the ship. You have to go around and throw out the garbage, rewire the electricity, uh, 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 swipe this card, enter this passcode, and then one person's going around sabotaging the tasks and also trying to discreetly kill all of the crew members. Um, and so the idea is that you play in silence. And then, when a body is discovered, you all have a meeting at which point you can all start shouting your accusations and um, uh, and going off on each other. Uh, it is it is great. I will say uh, it's 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 exactly what you want those games to be, which is it's a just a perfect setup if you have some friends. Uh, I did this. We did this online. I got the Steam version. It's about two quid. Uh, me and some friends hopped on Discord. And it's it's fantastic. It's 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 a really, really fun experience. And it's also available on phones if you're having friends around and you want to do um, a, a game of that nature. Uh, it's great. So uh, thumbs up on that. I will definitely be playing more of it. Um, and that is the end of GameDuff for me. I played a lot of games this week.
1: Ooh, there's a lot of games.
0: There's a lot of games. That's it, I think. Uh, Yeah, I think that's it for everyone Who's been watching telly
2: Um, Well I Am still watching Sunderland Till I Die Mm. Uh, I think I've only watched one more episode Since I last talked about it Uh, Very much enjoying it Um, Doesn't I I, want to get to season uh, Two because I know that's where It gets a little bit more Mad than it has been but uh, so far, it doesn't have the the same draw to me as the Tottenham one. That mm. might just be because my you know, I'm more familiar with Tottenham and their their season last season. But I, I am watching it, and I I need to watch more of it. Um, maybe as maybe this week I'll, I'll get some time. Having a time to watch any Twin Peaks, I, I do need to get back to Twin Peaks. Um, which I will do, but um, I don't think I've watched much TV other than that.
0: Uh yeah, uh, I I caught up with the boys just before this show. Uh, still very good. I think I've said that basically every time I've discussed it on this show. Uh, that is a very good show. That is my favorite Amazon thing that they do. Um yeah, uh, if that's all the telly, we can jump on to the movie go, which is also a bit paltry. Lots of video games this week, not much else. Uh, we were all too busy living our lives or playing video games in my case, uh, with a sore ear. Um. <laughs> Uh, who watched some movies this week?
1: Oh, well, I got a couple of movies. Um, so l- last week, Barry, you you were absent for the um, quit that Infernal Bracket. So we did a a one week special. Okay. Um, Infernal Bracket, which was a a one night tournament of Chris Nolan movies. Oh. Um, and it came down to a main event one on one. Of memento versus the prestige. Um, so I think Paul, we, we decided on the prestige, right Yeah, but we with the caveat that we were both gonna go away and revisit those movies and come back this week for a final decision. Um, so I actually did watch memento yesterday and then watched the, the prestige uh, this afternoon. so I have have an updated opinion. okay um for me so i haven't seen memento in god like years and years and years and years it was one of the first films i bought on dvd back in the back in the day and really kind of loved watching it now it was still phenomenal <laughs> There, yeah. the, there's just like the structure of the movie the how fast it moves as well i mean it's a pretty quick movie given you know we've seen what nolan's kind of gone on to do with two and a half hour, you know, movies, as standard, but this one yeah. very pacey, constantly, you know, it doesn't settle for, settle for a second. Um, I thought, you know, it's still kind of really clever, still leaves you with a lot of questions, lots of kind of little moments you're, you're looking out for and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, just really, really quite interesting kind of thriller, um, so I thought that was fantastic. Um, the Prestige, um, also still brilliant. Um, I think I've, I've watched that a few more times recently, so it, it was still kind of more fresh in my mind. But um again, really smart, a lot more, a lot was a lot bigger in scale in terms of, sort of ambition than Memento. Um, so also fantastic. I think if I had to pick, I'd probably say the Prestige edges it. Right, but it was be be very close. Okay, it's not watching
2: it. Uh, well, yeah, as promised, I I watched the Prestige very recently. Anyway, yeah. but I did rewatch Memento. Um, and I found Memento to be really, uh, well, first of all, I was struck by again by how uh, just how clever it is, yeah. um, uh, because you know, obviously, it's dealing with a man with uh no short term memory, and so he's constantly finding himself in situations where he doesn't know how he got there or what's happening and the way the story is told backwards it puts you in that same position as a viewer where you you meet him initially in this hotel room you don't know how he got there you don't know what he's doing or what's happening and then as the second scene unfolds it opens again at a moment where you don't know how he got to that moment so you're constantly almost learning along with him in, yeah. in a sense even though he's, he's not learning but you're learning uh, in reverse reverse order, how it happened. Um, I love the Sammy Jankus stuff as well. Mm-hmm. With um, I, f- I forget what the actor's name is, but he's the Steven the guy from Groundhog Day. <laughs> Toblowski or, Toblowski or Ned Ryerson or whatever. I'm sure, a tech call.
1: fire. Remember you? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, Stephen. What did you say it was Toblowski or Toblowski. Toblowsky. Something like that. He, he's he's great, and I love his little um little i was so downplaying his performance but like the great the great like
1: <laughs> the
2: little i love that giving you do i love his uh like the last look in his eyes uh, and he really really without saying anything kind of encapsulates mm-hmm. the the feeling of not knowing what's happening and and the the actress who plays the wife is so so good as well yeah um yeah i love the, the various reveals that take place um throughout the movie in regards to that and in regards to other things uh I will say if I was to be really, really picky Ooh, about go. memento. Goes. If I was to be really, really picky, I think in the middle it does sag a little bit. Mm. Um as as uh the Natalie character gets introduced. I, I just I just kinda wasn't so into that stuff. I think it just not that it gets bad or boring by any means, but just for a little bit kind of I, I was less interested in And then it picks up again right away. Um I would say that her her delivery as well. Like while I think the performances are all great, especially um Guy Pierce and Joe, whatever the guy's name is, what, off the and matrix. Jo- Joey um, I thought um is it Carrie Moss? Carrie Ann Moss. Who mm-hmm. also off the matrix. Uh, Trinity that one I thought her delivery was kind of weird at points um I don't know if it was, she was a little a little monotone but um, I definitely think it's 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 a fantastic movie and worthy of its place in the top two um but based on my rewatch I think I would still stick with the prestige as well
1: yeah yeah
2: Although it's refreshing to watch two Chris Nolan movies where the characters aren't just constantly explaining what's
1: happening. <laughs> That's what's great. It's, very nice. it's they're very clever movies, but without go like, telling you why they're clever. <laughs> without having, yes, yes, like, without you know sucking themselves off, basically.
2: Yeah, I think um, Guy Pearce's character says he says maybe four times in the film. I I, I have no short term memory. I can't create memories. Mm. That's all you need to know. Like, he, he doesn't um, say it any more than that. He doesn't go into any more detail about what happened to him or why. He did well, he does a little bit about what, what happened to him in terms of what he remembers. But it's not constantly in your face. They're not constantly talking about it. Other characters aren't constantly talking about the fact that he has no memory. Yeah. Um, it's nice.
1: What, what I had previously known but kind of forgotten was that, of course, Chris Nolan you know, early in his career, worked very closely with his brother, Jonathan Nolan, yeah. as, as a scriptwriter, writer. So they, he either wrote the movies or they, they co-wrote them. And uh, looking at it, it's something I completely forgot, that, that he was involved in, in those early movies. And actually, yeah. he wrote Memento, The Prestige, the three Batman movies, and Interstellar. And that's when he stopped, because I think he went off to make Westworld after that. Um Yeah, he
2: was involved in person of interest as well, I believe.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of see the divergence there and mm, and the influence of Jonathan Nolan. So maybe it's more being a fan of the Nolan brothers rather than Chris Nolan as a yeah. as a director. So the, yeah. the,
0: the the Steve merchant to his Ricky Gervais, perhaps. <laughs> Very much
2: so. What happens I is think there. Memento was like a short story first. Yeah. Yeah, by Jonathan Nolan, which he then made into a screenplay. I, I actually haven't
0: seen either of these two films. These are saying are the best, so I should really get on that. Really, wow! Yeah, okay. and you know, I've heard many other people back up what you're, you're saying as well. Like, I, I, just, I never got around to it.
2: I think the Prestige is just more of a. It's not like a spectacle movie to the you know the extent of Interstellar or Inception, mm-hmm. but it's more. I guess it's more of a wow movie than Memento. Memento is very slick and very clever. But it's also very low key. Mm. Whereas the prestige is is a bit more bombastic and a bit more like uh, I guess a bit more of a thriller in a way, because it's got co- constant like twists and turns. Whereas Memento is is more a thriller in its tone and because you don't know what's going on, um, but also not know where you're being led. Whereas Memento is a bit more, you know, obviously it's about magician, so it's tricking you as you're being led. So it's a bit more satisfying in that way i guess mm. but also memento has has got the hugh jackman he's got the christian veil he's got the michael cain mm. um, whereas memento you got your man off your man off uh neighbors or whatever it was
1: <laughs> he's great guy pierce is
2: great Thank guy is great in it i don't i, I don't want to talk that guy but...
1: especially joe pantoliano as well is is brilliant yeah. in that he's perfect for that role because he's so sleazy even without yeah. giving you much reason to think he's sleazy, he just, he just really gives that impression. So, yeah, great. Yeah.
2: That's what I love about Memento, though, is like it's it's, it's, a, it's a little bit like in L.A. Noir, that video game from a decade ago, where you have to like judge the characters you're talking to based on like little facial tics. And yeah, so yeah. Like. So, like, because characters character has no memory, doesn't know who these people are, you as a viewer are also kind of judging them going, what's this guy about and you, you don't have anything to base it on apart from like how they act what they say what they look like like mm. like you know like um, Guy Pearce character Lenny has that same kind of what's going on here um, I love the little things they drop as well like he has the one Polaroid with the text scribbled out yeah like oh my god what does that text say <laughs> what, did yeah. he, what did he scribble out and it's great at dropping these little dangling fish for you to try and catch you know right yeah it's cool anyway
0: that was the uh, movie go oh sorry you know i i i saw a new release film i i, I braved covid uh, uh to to go see a sky original uh which was unhinged with russell Crowe um which was really shit um <laughs> And it was uh, uh <laughs> i I kind of came out of it, me and my girlfriend about I was kind of like, I feel like Russell Crowe thought this would be like his I'll get an Oscar for having for transforming myself and playing a psychopath um uh, role when in actuality it's just it's really crappy thriller it's so basically it's um it's got like this opening montage where it's all just kind of uh, non-specific footage of people rioting in the streets, people going crazy, road rage incidents, society crumbling around us, these modern times we live in, they're so twisted and crazy, turning everyone into the Joker. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then a uh, 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 bad actress, main character woman, she, she gets into a, um, a traffic spat with with Russell Crowe's character, who genuinely, basically, just goes full uh, 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 Joker, the killing joke on her, and just decides he's going to give her the worst day of her life instead of stalking and terrorizing her. Um, and it's really, really lame, and it's 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 very cynical in a way because it's sort of trying to to like the the opening montage. I mean, like I wish this the only thing about the film I would say people should check out just to see how kind of cynical it is. It's really trying to play up that like, this is you know this is the movie of twenty twenty, right? The world is so fucked up that if you just look at someone wrong in traffic, fucking try and kill you, you know. Um, and in a way, that just made it feel even lamer when it was finished. Because it was just a very bad thriller, um, and part of his acting like a mental uh, uh, killer guy is Russell Crowe does uh, Ricky Gervais Derek face um, in, uh, in 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 the opening scene, not the opening scene, but in the, in the scene where he meets the main character, um, basically like. She, he's at a traffic light, she's behind him and she's in a rush, her life's falling apart. She's trying to get her kids to school. And so she like beeps him as she overtakes him. And then he pulls up beside her at the next traffic light. And he's like... Uh, sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention back there. And he's waiting for her to apologize and she doesn't. And So that's, that's the thing that sets him off. But he's he, intense. I'm giving a crazy monologue speech. He's, he's doing the Derek underbite and heavenly breathing and i'm like oh my jesus this isn't funny to anyone else in this theater but this is so <laughs> unmistakable what he's doing it's and a bit rude isn't it i was like oh my God. <laughs> Uh, it's bad. It's really bad. And like, like, yeah, I, I, because I, it's not worth getting into it. But there's just a million bad things about it that I almost kind of want people to see for themselves. Because, like I said, it starts off so somber, and then it's it's really cringy for for the second half. But anyway, I saw that it was rubbish. Um, so don't don't go risking the COVID to see that one. And um, do we want to? Get in to quit that infernal bracket. Because i tell you what, I was thinking about it after I I missed last week's show. I was like, I can't wait to get back and dive back into this very uh, tantalizing bracket we have.
2: Well, let me tell you, first of all, before we start, I have found my little Bible here. Uh, The Simpsons, maybe maybe one of you guys own this book. The Simpsons a complete guide to our favorite family, oh, yeah. which is an episode guide up until the end of, I think, season... Eight, nine, I don't eight, want to say. eight or
1: nine, yeah?
2: Possibly eight or nine. Uh, now, I'm not going to use this for the round we're in currently, but maybe when we get down to, let's say, the final eight, I can... I'm going to give a little... I think there, can. Uh, I can maybe bookmark the episodes and give you a few... Uh, quotes and stuff from the episodes that you might not uh, remember. Some of the pages towards the back of this are stuck together, not by me, uh, oh, over, oh. but uh, I think it was just got a little water on it.
1: I've
0: I this book, by the way. I'm not I'm not familiar with it actually. Uh,
2: well, I own a better version. I have the um, the Big Red World of Simpsons, which Natty got me, um, but I think that's packed away somewhere since we moved.
0: I thought you were going to say you found that. What was that 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 book that literally every ten year old child had it was the, the Bart Simpson's Guide to Life, oh, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. I do have that book. I do have that book. Everyone that book.
0: had that book. They they must they must be worth a penny on eBay because everyone has one.
2: It goes up to the Secret War of Lisa Simpson. So I don't know what series that is, but it's definitely airline. But yeah, I'll, I can give you a, a few um, a few quotes and stuff and and trivia about the episodes. Again, when we get down to maybe the the final eight, but um, leave that there beside me. So we have uh, our second half of round one to go here, right? Uh, as I said, we have a couple of biggies, couple of biggies on the way here. But we'll start with a nice, uh, start a nice soft ball here. I think uh, we have Duffless from season four, mm-hmm. right? Versus season nine's uh, "Trash of the Titans." Now, what I'll come out and say first of all, "Trash of the Titans" is the uh, the garbage man episode. That with is. I think Steve Martin did a did yeah. his
1: voice on. Yeah,
2: I never liked that episode <laughs> at all. I think the garbage man song is is uh, catchy enough. Yeah. I never enjoyed that episode. I, I, I definitely think of that episode as being yeah,
0: it's. It's got a, it's got, it's one of those ones where there are a couple of very good bits in it, but as an overall episode, it's not great. Uh, the rattling of the cage, you know, that's, that's a great bit. Um, yeah, the U2 stuff, eh, you know, that's not, that's not ranking in the great, um, uh, that's not ranking in the great celebrity cameos in my book. Hmm.
2: I I also really really like the end of Duffless because it's one of those classic, sweet um, nice sweet endings of the Simpsons where Homer Homer who has given up drinking for for the month um, chooses instead of going to like as soon as the time is up go to Mo's he instead goes on the bike ride with Marge. It's very very nice. Yeah. Um. Is that the one that has also... I'm going to put this book away, by the way. I'm not looking the shit up here. Is that the one that also has the... Uh, the B story is like Lisa is doing the science fair project on Bart. Is that that one? Or is that yes. One?
0: Yeah, the the electrical shock and all that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I would go duffless over an episode that I, I really don't like, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, same. We all, thing. Are we all happy to go Duffless? I would go yeah, Duffless. Absolutely.
1: As well. It's a classic kind of morality tale Simpsons with a sweet ending. Yeah. And Trash of the Titans is like, okay.
2: one of those. Shitty- one of those. Yeah. I, I am 100% a sucker for a sweet Simpsons ending. I, it, I think it's a shame that um, Mother Simpson it doesn't make this list mm. because th- that is the best, I would say, moment in the entire run of the series. Um, like a, a seriously poignant moment in a comedy series, to rival like that—that'll give me a little wet, a little wetness on the eyes, <laughs> more so than any like drama film. Yeah, the end of Mother Simpson, where he's just sitting on the Christ again, emotional thinking about it, sitting on <laughs> the <laughs> looking, looking at the looking at the the night sky. Ah, and that music, ah, tremendous stuff. Anyway, we will next go. To Homer the Great from season six. Okay. Uh, which I remind me which one that is quickly. Pull up your book. Um, Homer the Great, because it's not Homer defined. I actually don't recognize the name. I'm
0: gonna uh, uh, Google cutters. here.
2: Uh, so
1: which one? Stonecutters. It's a stonecutters well. one. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, like, classic. Oh, I just scary. watched that. Generic name,
2: bit of a misleading name. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, it's toughy, it's toughy. I gotta say, you got Stonecutters going up against season 6's Lemon of Troy.
1: Oh, oh, oh. And like, I love
0: Lemon of Troy. I love because it's like a caper. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like yeah. the kids are often an adventure, and I, when those episodes land, they're great. Uh oh, gosh. That's tough. That's two of the, two of the greats. It really is. Yeah,
2: I'll just say by the way, their ranked numbers. Uh, Homer the Great is ranked number thirteen, and Lemon of Troy is ranked number twenty. Trash of the Titans, which we just said, eh, ranked number seven. The, the,
0: yeah, actually, I remember two weeks ago when we started this quiz. This list sounds completely like it seems like they put they put On- the first nine seasons into a, a blender and then just pulled it out in
2: random order. Like I, I can't wrap my head around that offlice is 26. I can't wrap
0: my head around that either. That's just, they should they should swap.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, um oh god, I just watched both of these like in the last week. Um yeah. I think they're pretty close together. They're both season 6. So they're pretty close together in terms of the episode order.
1: A star we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is really tough. I, yeah, I do love both. Both very... Lots and lots of memorable moments. Um, great stories.
0: <sighs> uh, the Lemon of Troy, of course, gives us the classic uh, bite, victory bite with the lemon.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go for gutters I think. Very marginally. <clears throat> One
2: vote for Hope in the great here.
1: Oh, I
0: know. I was hoping you weren't going to make me pick.
2: Well, I tell you what, I—I
0: oh wait, no, you're not making me pick because you, you both went to the same one. There, sorry.
2: Well, I haven't voted. I haven't voted yet. Oh, sorry. Okay. And I definitely have a favorite.
0: <sighs> oh, this is this is impossible. Um, I'm trying to think like which one. Oh, oh, that kid said radical, that's why I actually just watched Leaven of Troy today in fact, and I, I remember just thinking to myself the thing where Milhouse says I'm the one who says radical, that is the most 10 year old thing possibly <laughs> ever commissioned to a television show And uh, when the, the other kid is also called Milhouse, also called Milhouse.
2: Milhouse feels like cry.
0: Stop wearing your backpack over one shoulder
2: <laughs> Leaven of Troy is such a great encapsulation of kids <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, how kids
2: I, actually are.
0: I'm gonna go Lemon of Troy. I, I I love Stone Cutters, but I I,
2: I I have to go Lemon of Troy because that's always been a favourite of mine since I was a kid. Oh it does bring me back to uh the kid dumb, Lemon of Troy. So many great lines in it. Um But there's a but. Hmm. And when it comes to Simpsons, there's there's things I love. As I said, I love the, the actual poignant moments like like a mother Simpson making me cry. Um, but I also love when when Simpsons is is remarkably stupid in a way that isn't even clever. Like, Homer, are you going to stalk Lenny and Carol? And he says, No, no, I'm off to stalk Lenny and Carol." <laughs> and, oh, you know, stuff like that, which is yeah. so relentlessly stupid. Um I love that. I love it going to stock Lane and Carol. I love um when, before he finds out what Lenny and Carol are doing and they're they're talking uh very <laughs> uh cryptically about the stonecutters and he follows them and all the stone cutters the the, the boulder of shame and the the boulder of victory oh, yeah. <laughs> an even bigger one. Uh the no homers club. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, that episode's so funny. Yeah. I, 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 it gotta be for me, Homer the Great. Okay. Even though Lemon of Troy, um, were Lemon of Troy paired up with uh, 90% of the other episodes, I, w- I would probably go for it, but that's yeah. not of it. Um, we got a pair of season sevens here, folks. We got king size Homer. With the, uh, the bird. Selecting Y the whole time. <laughs> Up against radioactive man.
0: Oh, oh my god. Oh and at them
2: oh. no. You're a new Follow Boy is what I'd be saying if you were an Inch Talker. Oh,
1: yeah. um,
0: uh. <laughs> okay. Um Hey, little miss doesn't find me attractive sexually anymore. <laughs>
1: oh god. Um,
0: oh god. The- this could be the battle for the top spot. Really, this could be the final. This could be the G one final. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I think since this ah. Uh, oh. I don't know if, I, if it's my pick necessarily. I don't know if um, king size Homer is my pick necessarily, but I think my favorite Simpsons joke of all time is Ralph Wiggum going, "I heard your dad went into a restaurant and ate everything in the restaurant, and they had to close the restaurant." And then Lisa saying, "Homer's not some kind of food obsessed freak," and then he pulls up next to them in the ice cream truck. Oh, guys, strawberry! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the timing of it is all just so perfect um but uh, oh, radioactive man is is
2: radioactive man is like the perfect send up of superhero films before they became so popular
0: and even the the, the editing bit which is hilarious like yes. we, we now are sure.
2: in, a, in an era where
0: like all of these blockbusters are all frankenstein together at various parts and compensating for dead people being out of them and stuff like that um, so that one, yeah, that one has only gotten more timely when you think about it.
2: Yeah, the goggles uh, do nothing oh. as well, you which I'm to- very up be- about misquoting since I gave out to Will the other week about that corner, right?
1: But then there's the bit where they rub the sandwich on the wall and it turns. Oh.
2: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go radioactive, man.
0: So the only thing that loses me is the side. I don't think the Mickey Rooney stuff is that funny at the end. That's the only bit that loses me.
1: True, 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 true. Um. Oh, this is tough. <laughs>
0: But there's, there's just it's so much humor in Homer being fat in King Size Homer, like when he when he sort of like does like two seconds of waving the broom at the kids at the window and then immediately gives off. <laughs> like that is that that really is Pete Simpsons because it's expertly written, but it's just every step of it, the voice acting and the animation, it's all just so brilliant. Uh, I I would have to go I have to go King Size Homer for this
1: one. Oh, oh, this is tough to split the difference, but I think, hmm, I think I'm going to go for king size Homer. Okay, Just again, it's like a hundred percent to ninety nine percent. You know, there's no yes, yeah, they're both perfect.
0: But... Those those two rounds were nigh on impossible. I mean, those those are take your pick. Well, if
2: you thought they were bad; there is worse to come. Oh know. No. Oh dear! Uh, we have coming up next. Homer the heretic who uh, stays home from ass Yeah. From church. Uh going up against Deep
1: Space Homer from season mm. two. Hmm. Um I will go Deep Space Homer. Because to be honest, I was never I know Homer the Heretic's a very popular episode. Never one of my favorites, to be honest. I, didn't like mm. it. I
2: kind of feel the same about these, Deep Space Homer oh, actually. I think you, it's a little over, right. They reverse. Yeah. We're going against you. I like I like the, you know, the Caravan Rod getting the glory the up,
0: Carbon so. Rod, yeah. Um I think that I think that um Homer the Heretic is kind of a um it really is one of those bridge episodes from when the show was a bit more serious. It's very funny, but it's definitely got that uh, more serious uh, not it's not a very serious episode but it's a bit more uh, like that um kind of homer kind of being a dick and having to learn a lesson um in some ways um it does have an, a great uh, visual gag though with uh, flanders throwing him out the window and he bounces off the <laughs> the mattress back into the house <laughs> yeah. um oh this is a weird one because I feel like they're just very different episodes. I don't know if either of them are really my favorites, but um, uh, I don't know if... <clears throat> they're very hard to compare.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, even though I said Deep Space Homer isn't necessarily my favorite, I I, I don't feel really... Super strongly about the heretic either. Um, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look up the episodes just to get a few little yeah. That are in get some,
0: some reminders uh, here.
2: Get some reminders here. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, I, I watched Homer Loves Flanders the other day. By the way, what a great episode! That is.
0: I know. Uh, yes. one one tidbit from Deep Space Homer from Mike oh, Reese's right. book is that James Woods. No, um, not James Woods. Um, James Taylor. Um, he's in that episode basically because they 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 wanted to have James Taylor in an episode, and they got in touch with him, and that's when he was free, and so that's the episode he was in. That is the the grandiose story of how of, of how he came to be in that episode. Um,
1: right. Yeah, you got Carbon Rod. You've got the ants. Uh, Ken Brockman welcoming our new overlords. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Barney doing the getting becoming sober for the, probably for the first time i think so right? yeah. um, and doing the backflips and everything
0: um the uh, married with children skiff <laughs> no
1: pig um, you got the <laughs> ultra intelligent chimpanzee uh, no i don't think we killing him. Also,
2: on that note, Homer working out the end of uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah! You maniacs! You blew it up! (laughs) It was all along! The only danger is if they send us to that terrible Planet of the Apes. Um... Uh, Homer the Heretic features the very controversial line. No offence Pooh, but when they are handing out religions, you must have been out taking a whiz. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yikes. Um,
0: um,
2: the Feast of Mac-us- Maximum Occupancy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I'll make a pick here.
2: We'll go have... Deep Space Homer. Homer, I think. I'll
0: go Deep Space Homer, yeah.
2: Okay, Deep Space Homer we'll put through. By virtue of being funnier, and we can find funnier quotes from it more quickly. Yeah, well, that's, that's the name, right. I think. That is the name of the game. Right. We're going to go next to Homer Badman from Season 6. Yes. I think a classic. Yeah, great. Against everyone's two least favorite words in this segment, Season 9's not a bad episode. The city of New York versus Homer Simpson.
0: Oh, uh, like I think I think of the city. Uh, that's probably the best uh, season nine episode. I, I would think. Uh,
2: it has the great um, musical bit.
0: Checking yes. Check it out, isn't that? The episode? Check it out. Yeah. Um, uh, he's checking in and all that. Uh, the the um, uh Hmm. Homer bad man. Oh, I, it's even even a great like the New York episode is good. How like how can you beat Rock
2: Bottom? No, Mister Simpson. No, <laughs> uh, but listen to the music.
0: He's evil. <laughs> um. Yeah, like, I do really, I, like, that might be one of the last great, great episodes, because it is probably the best of season nine, but I I think Homer Badman takes that for me.
1: Yeah, I think for, with um, Clear Blue Sky, I would say Homer Badman would be the winner there, because New York episode is fun, but it's one of those where you start to feel it moving towards what, you know, it would become in later seasons for me, that episode, because it's a bit, it's a bit off and it's and it's the start of kind of simpsons going to visit another place oh they're in brazil oh they're mm, in the UK. yeah oh in india whatever so um i like the episode but yeah homer bad man for me is like, is a like one of the classics the real classics right
2: so that goes through um all right we're coming up we're coming into the the biggie's here right mm. this is this isn't the biggie but certainly I think I'll be a, a biggie. You got Boy Scouts in the Hood, mm-hmm. season five, up against Last Exit to Springfield, season four. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: Last Exit,
0: Springfield. That that is one. I think we've, we in our countless hours of Simpsons talk on this podcast, that that is one that frequently tops, you know, the best Simpsons ev- ever lists. I I have never really gotten it. Lisa needs braces is a classic bit. I've never really gotten it beyond that. Um, for that episode, I think it's good. I uh, it's not one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, and I I would probably pick uh, Boy Scouts in the Hood, which I think is is very 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 good
1: hmm so i'm struggling to remember a lot from these two episodes i really need to to re-watch them right um yeah i think last six is a springfield it's a great episode it's not one of the funniest probably i think it's a no great- i
2: agree i think i think it's a really strong episode as a like in terms of the the story and like it's almost like a serious episode in a way yeah Rather than being extremely funny, like I loved Lisa's song she plays. Yeah, that is that is very good. Um, and Boy Sc- Boys Scouts in the Hood has the uh, twenty dollars can buy many peanuts. Explain how. Oh yeah. Inner yeah. Has. And, the and then the super squishy bender that Barton. Oh, has
1: that was. Was. Um, and then the crusty burger map. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a joke that then turns into a plot point, which I, I always love. That one. I mean. um, Do that. Um, I'm leaning toward Boy Scouts in the Hood. Okay. It's, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to
0: think. the bits are in that episode?
1: I'm washing his socks with the drinking water. Um, yeah. Water, the sugar, do to do too <laughs> fancy. So. Water, water everywhere. So let's all have a drink. <clears throat> um. Yeah. I I I'll go for Boy Scouts in the Hood. Okay. <laughs> the hood. Like solid episodes, but not, neither of them I would kind of you know go all out yeah. for.
2: I think I would lean. I would lean last exit Springfield, but definitely Boy Scouts in the Hood. <laughs> Gets to go through right. Are you ready? We got season eight Mega Slam here. Maybe the two best episodes from season eight the Springfield Files, right? Versus You Only Move Twice. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. Um, hmm. Um, I think the Springfield files probably kind of doesn't really hold up um, as as we've gotten further from the X Files as a cultural talking point. Yeah. Um, now everyone still knows what it is, and it's it's still a very good episode. Um, uh, but I mean, you only move twice is in it's in it's in the the top echelon. Um, where I I don't think I don't think Springfield Files is, all the Scorpio stuff. It's all amazing. Um, uh,
2: you know, the Havoc District. Mister Scorpio, don't call me that. It's Scorpio. Don't call me Scorpio either. The
0: the have you ever seen a man say goodbye to shoes? Debate.
1: Oh. <laughs> um. Um. I'm not like a huge fan of either of these, to be honest, and I, I, I agree with Barry that I, you know I watched the Springfield Files the other day, and it's not huge well to me at all. I don't think. So for that, I would probably go for You Only Move Twice based on the funny Scorpio stuff.
2: Yeah, I
1: think You Only Move
2: Twice is beloved. I think it's the best guest performance by Al Brooks as Scorpio. Yeah. Um. The Scorpio stuff is all fantastic. The fact that he's a Bond villain mm. is great. Um I love the montage of where they're watching the video to move and a hobo gets replaced with like a post box or something. <laughs> um uh, what else? Um sugar in his pockets. Sorry, I don't have any oh, yeah, yeah. you want some cream? Uh, no. Um I do want to read out though. Okay, I, I, obviously I vote for you. Only Move twice as well. That, that's what's going through. But I want to read out. I love, love the opening of the Springfield Files. Mm. Quick little monologue by Leonard Nimoy making a guest appearance. He says, I'm Leonard Nimoy. The following tale of alien encounters is true. And by true, I mean false. It's all lies, but they're entertaining lies. And in the end, isn't that the real truth? The answer is no. I don't know why, but I love that little monologue. I think it's so funny.
0: Jesus. Okay,
2: and we have we have one more pick to make today. And that'll close us up for round one. Two episodes that I don't want to hear anybody say I don't really like this episode.
1: <laughs>
2: okay <laughs> You will be wrong. You've got season three's Homer at the Bat. Mm-hmm. The softball episode, of course, yeah. Going one on one with season four's Marge versus the Monorail. Oh, wow, 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 we, were.
0: Um,
1: there's no contest for me. This is a It's a complete walkover. Marge versus a
2: complete walkover. Marge
1: versus the Monorail is my favourite episode of all
2: time. Okay, so we now know what all three of our favourites are. Unfortunately,
1: Cape Fear was eliminated. Yeah. Um yeah. All around the one. But um Homer of the Bat is is very funny, but it's it's one of those early ones where it's still a bit kind of funky. You know what I mean? Like it's still I think it was season four, once they were really in their stride. Right. So this is still one of those kind of older episodes. Which I I like like but Marge versus the Monorail. Come on, it's got everything. It's got stories, it's got jokes, it's got music. Takes every box.
2: It's got a strong Phil Hartman performance. Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe his best.
2: Monorail. It's, monorail. it's um, I tell you what, when you watch it knowing that Conan O'Brien wrote it, it's so Conan O'Brieny. Yeah. that it's mad. <laughs> um I watched Homer to the Homer to the at the bat recently. I absolutely adore it. I love Homer at the Bat. Um even though it's like a celeb episode based around these these baseball players that I, I don't know. I don't watch baseball. Obviously, I know you know you know your Jose Canseco's. Yeah, you know. yeah. Do I know who uh Mike Stosha is? No. <laughs> or Strawberry. No, I don't know who any of these people, are. but um, I, th- I think it's so so good. Um, I love uh Homer. Kids, tell, tell, tell me when he's finished scratching himself. <laughs> Kids, we'll tell you.
0: Um, all the stuff that befalls the baseball players is great.
2: Oh, he's fallen down the bottomless pit. He one's got gigantism, uh, one gets arrested. Uh, a lot of unsolved mysteries in New York. <laughs> Um, The talking softball song Parody of talking baseball at the end of it I love as well Will Mr. Burns hit on it Um, Now as a big Conan O'Brien fan I too have to go Marjorie's The Monorail
0: Yeah I, I think I think that's the winner I, I love the softball episodes I, I'm not even sure which I prefer of these two But ha- happy to go with The
2: Monorail yeah, I mean, I'm very sad to see Homer at the bat eliminated so early, but um, so it is. So uh, that's the end of round one. Let me give you a quick roundup of uh, the ones that made it through. By the way, You Only Move uh, Twice is the number one ranked episode on the list. Marriage versus The Monorail is number three. Uh, so the episodes that have qualified from round one, You Only Move Twice, season eight. The Way We Was, Season 2. Marriage vs. the Monorail, Season 4. Homer Goes to College, Season 5. Lisa the Vegetarian, Season 6. Homer Badman, Season 6. Duffless, Season 4. Lisa Substitute, Season 2. Boy Scouts in the Hood, Season 5. Uh, the best episode of all time. Astaris Burns, Season 6. King Size Homer, Season 7. Bard of darkness season six Homer the great season six the last temptation of Homer season five deep space Homer season 5 and Homer's phobia season eight and they are the episodes which we will uh, meet in the last 16 16- mm-hmm. next week
0: excellent uh, this has been a, this is a fascinating uh, uh, bracket to see play out um and yeah well' I
2: don't, I don't want to you know uh, foreshadow anything or give any bias Going forward, but I will say, Marge versus the monorail and Stars Burns are on separate sides of the break. Oh. So let's see where we end up. Also, uh, from the Springfield Files, uh, Marge, have you been drinking Homer? No, well, 10 beers. <laughs> Right, what's next?
0: Uh, Do you two have emails?
2: Yes.
1: Yes, I've got an email. Do you have it open, Joe? I have an email from Scott, he says, subject, now that you're a gamer, (laughs) good afternoon, Joe. Now that you've become a gamer again, have you taken a look at either of the new consoles? Have you decided to take the leap and get a second Switch so you and the wife don't have to share? I know that becomes an issue on games like Animal Crossing. Just curious if any of the new stuff has gotten your attention. Um, I'm, I haven't looked at the new consoles to be honest, Scott. I don't. I think the Switch is enough of an investment of my time, um, and and money as well. And plus, you know, any games that I really want to play are going to be on the Switch. I don't, I'm not really interested in getting an Xbox or the PS six, seven, whatever it is, um, to play that kind of stuff. I don't think those games really appeal to me. I'm, you know. Have a kind of a limited tastes when it comes to games, so the Switch is is enough for me uh, in terms of getting a second one so that we don't have to share. Uh, we're not really sharing at the moment, to be honest. I've just been playing it for about three weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Odyssey, so um, now I think that'll be fine. I don't, you know, there, there are certain games that we'll play together, and when I've got a Mario game, I'll just hog it all. Um, He he goes on to say, as far as wrestling is concerned, do you think Jim Cornette and Ryback should do a podcast together? They could call it All the Bridges Burned, since neither one seems to be interested in being employed in wrestling again. Um, I I mean, I would never consume any content from either of those people. Um, What I find so kind of unusual and bizarre is that people like that have enough of a following to kind of make money from it. Well, like I kind of, right. it amazes me that someone like Ryback goes on to do a, a podcast or whatever, and there's enough people willing to pay to, you know, or watch it to, to support the ads or whatever to, to make that worthwhile. I just, it, the mind boggles that these kind of nobodies who leave wrestling go on to do these things and then people actually take an interest. I, I can't even get my head around it. So, uh, yeah, if they, they should probably just. Um, Get together and they can you know double double their
2: um audience. I uh I did listen to the Ryback right Podcast for right. the first
1: ten episodes of, oh, uh, because it started it at a
2: time it, it started at a time where the the kind of expose podcasts were kind of vogue with the mm. CM Punk releases. Right, like right, right. And He didn't kind of do one big expose. He kind of stretched it out to like the first few episodes. And then it kind of got very boring and repetitive. So (laughs) I I kicked it uh, to the curb. Uh, Never listened to anything Jim Cornette did. Don't care about Jim Cornette. I did like 10 years ago. Got over it. I've always been more of a Conan man. Kick that to the curb as well, soon enough. Yeah. Um, Although I find them a lot more entamed Jim in
1: Cornet. Scott also says, um, he gives us a, a pick one. Um, okay. So we've got three actors. We've got Carl Urban, Tom Ooh. Hardy, and Michael Shannon. Um, hmm. So that's an interesting one. Carl think- Urban, of course,
0: currently killing it in The Boys, which you have talked
2: about. He was in Star Trek. Yeah. He the doctor in it. He was in Dread.
1: Oh, he was in Thor Ragnarok as well, which was, was he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: He was in The Lord of the Rings. Oh,
1: pop these in the bin.
2: <laughs>
0: he's had a good out. He's had a good out
1: uh, Career good stuff. Not, not enough for me that to be interested in. Apart from Thor Ragnarok, which. I'm yeah, really that's
0: like yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't think it's anything truly essential. I think we're. We're looking at the other two.
1: Yeah, Michael Shannon. He was in a lot of interesting stuff early on. He Eight was miles. in Groundhog Day.
2: Yeah, um, he was. He was a WrestleMania kid in Groundhog Day.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. He was in Pearl Harbor. Uh, what? Van- Vanilla Sky, 8 Mile, Bad Boys 2. Um,
0: I suppose, Vanilla like, before, before, um, before Boardwalk, he was kind of just a kind of a... a A character actor, like yeah, yeah, secondary, like not even secondary man. He really was just a a, a character actor kind of journeyman, and he still kind of is. He gets these big roles, but he still just kind of flits around doing weird indie shit, doesn't he? Yeah, Um, Yeah,
2: I mean, Warlock was kind of his coming out, and that he was excellent. He's incredible in that, absolutely. He's great in a little movie that I love. Barry probably knows what's coming here. Hmm. Little movie called Take Shelter, yes, which a lot of people have not seen. I it it's great, it? very good movie. Um, he was in Shape of Water, he was in Man of Steel, which is a shit film. <laughs> um, I'm definitely a big Michael Shannon fan in terms of though his like filmography versus Tom Hardy's. I'm not so sure. I think Tom Hardy probably has the best filmography.
0: Yeah, Fury Road. Shannon's is probably weirder. I forgot he. I forgot he was in Man of Steel, like a, a villain in a. In a giant... he
2: was then he was also, then in Batman Superman, in a sense, wasn't he? I, I think there is some Zod stuff in there. I think yeah, I can't remember. Corpse in the Bunkery thing.
0: Yeah, so we can get watch both of those. That's good.
2: Uh, no, I will never watch them again in my entire life. Thanks very much. Um, Zack Snyder is a hack. Um, what Tom, I think Tom Hardy for me. I think, yeah,
1: yeah, I two, think so. Two of my favorites, which is Layer Cake and Fury Road. Um, yes, and yes, he's been in a few others as well. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, Inception, Bronson, Lock, which was really good. Uh, The Drop, um, yeah, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. No, that was deleted. Sorry. Anyway. Was the drop, the drop? The drop is a bit boring, as well. To be fair, uh, it's
2: alright. That's for Gal, Gandolfini, uh, isn't it? Big,
1: yeah, big boy. Yeah, I did. I di- I didn't. I didn't really like. That. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises as well, which I like. Oh, that's yes. mm-hmm. good move. Um. Yeah, I'll go with T H, and it'll probably be the next James Bond as well.
2: So. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll go with him as well. Tom Party! He also did the uh, the narration for that Tottenham Hotspur documentary.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. That's quite strange. Um, is that your email, Joe? Yeah. I also have one from El Hiho. which uh, should be El, El Eijo, I suppose. You don't pronounce the H in Spanish. No. I've been saying it wrong for years. Subject, vacation ideas and other miscellaneous good afternoon paul that is me with your talk of taking a two-week vacation lately best decision of my life by the way uh, it's made me consider doing the same thing i have the second week of october off and the second week of november off i uh, but i still have eight more vacation days to take and i'm seriously considering taking another week off with either of those to make it a two-week vacation my question is do i try and find some place to get away for a day or two Or do I just stay home and clean the house in a way that I haven't been able to since the shutdown started and I've been working 65, 75 hours a week? Mm. Uh, Well, I just stayed home for two weeks. Did a little bit of cleaning, not too much. Just had a very lazy two weeks, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um,
0: Yeah. I think Scott strikes me as the type that I did this recently. I think those... This is a very adult stance to take, but those when you take a day off and you get the house in order, it's great and it makes the remainder of your time off feel a lot better because you're like you've got a clean slate when it comes to the housework, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah,
2: I did completely reconfigure my uh DVD shelves, Mm. Uh, put all my books in it, put all my games in it, it looks completely different. So I appreciate doing a little bit of spring cleaning. Um, but with two weeks, maybe do that for one day. <laughs> just just take some time to yourself for two weeks. Although we've not been away in a while, obviously with the saving for the house. We've not um, had a weekend away. I think the last one was maybe we went up to Toronto. Was that the last time we were away? Yeah, that was a while ago. Hmm? Oh, Killarney. Sorry, yeah, well, Killarney was the last one. No, oh, Killarney.
0: Lovely... Yeah, Killarney's nice.
2: I love Killarney. full uh, of Americans, though. So if you're American, that's... Oh, it's... Yeah, it's... You know, it it's, must, basically it's basically it not be American. Be on,
0: it must be on a load of listicles or something, because it, I like Killarney, but I can't believe the... No, volume. I
2: think it's more... They probably do like package holidays to Ireland, that's probably where they go.
0: And I suppose it's proximity to the ring of Kerry and stuff like that, I guess, is the
2: mower, all the all the all the hotspots. Um uh, so that's what I would recommend. Just if you like going away, go away. If you like not doing that, don't do that. Do whatever makes you happy. Be happy. That's what matters in life, because we'll all be dead soon anyway. Uh, is there anyone from the last WWE purge that hasn't shown up in another company that you think should? I know Rusev showed up in AW and Heath Slater in Impact. Anyone else you think could help out another company? Uh, no, AW have too many people already. Um, mm-hmm. uh, And I think they need to stop hiring people and focus on the people they have. And get rid of some of the... Kip Sabian. Get rid of Kip Sabian. Get rid of... Um, Brandon Cutler, get rid of um, well,
0: Ritter I don't think Bates. you can get
2: rid of your jabrones. You gotta have ditch diggers get rid of some of the jabrones, get rid of some too many jabrones. <sighs> yeah. right. they've, go. they've,
0: they've got Dark they've got dark, they gotta have jabrones on dark.
2: Dark doesn't need to be 12 matches long, dark can be 45 minutes. Yeah, uh, um, dark is like longer in dynamite these days, yeah, out of control, out of control. Um. Any okay? The question being, is there anyone who was released who's good? I guess um,
1: I everyone's been picked up. The yeah, all,
0: all the worthwhile ones have been picked up. I
2: think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. No one else. I'd rather. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't really have an answer for that. I'm afraid. Um. Last item. How about a wrestling career pick? One. Hmm.
1: Ooh.
2: This is an interesting, interesting one. You got Eduardo Guerrero. Uh, you have The Edge. Mm. And you have Christian Jericho. Mm. So, Eddie, with Eddie Guerrero, you have a lot of consistent like, goodness.
1: Good. The goodness.
2: But less kind of variance, I guess. Whereas Jericho, you have a lot of goodness, a lot of variety as well, but also some uh, some troughs in there with the people.
1: All right,
2: in the middle. Uh, Edge, I never thought Edge was that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, to be honest, Jericho, Not yeah.
2: that good. Even, even in Money Playing, he was like the worst thing. In <laughs> Edge with that shitty spear he does. Come on, Edge, little spear, oh, little weak spear. I remember back in the day, you'd have Goldberg doing spear and Edge doing spear. Edge, little, little milk boy spear. Come on, get
1: out of there. I think he's left-handed. A left, left-handed spear. Oh, it's awful. Um, um, I matches. Gonna... I'm tempted. I to think <laughs>
2: I'm tempted to go Guerrero, only because I think I haven't seen a lot of his WCW stuff, so that would at least be new, high-quality yeah. stuff to me. Whereas I think I've seen more Jericho stuff in WCW, sure. and obviously I've seen everything he's done since then. Um, So I'm not really judging it on the quality, more so on, on what I haven't seen before. So
1: with Jericho, me, you Guerrero. get like ECW and FMW and... W A R from Japan, all that kind of stuff. New Japan, yeah. Yeah, well, not so much the New Japan stuff, but um, yeah, and it's obviously W stuff, um, and all the all the recent AEW stuff, which has been really good. True, that that is true. I'll I'll go Jericho.
2: I'll I'll probably go Jericho as well.
1: Here you go. Nothing else.
2: Thanks for the email.
1: Come on, baby.
2: Oh, I've been listening, by the way, to. The talking shop, uh, talkers Jericho episodes mm-hmm. recently. Oh my god, he's he's absolutely insufferable. <laughs>
1: he's
2: he's like the little uh mate who got invited for one, and then next thing you know, he thinks he came up with the idea and he's going, Oh yeah, every five seconds on it and screaming, Oh, he's so annoying. Uh, good on good on the TV though, good on the wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, have we got wrestling to talk about?
0: Uh, I watched all three hours of Dynamite that were this week. I watched that late night thing they did. I did too. It
2: was good. I liked it. it was good. Yeah, it was alright. It kind of, kind of washed over me a bit. Um, I because I did I didn't go into it um, with the understanding that it was it was kind of going to be like a, a, a AW dark more so than an actual Dynamite. I thought there may be be. Um, like a, to- a talking segment of some kind, yeah. <laughs> the re- yeah. it was just three matches. Um, I thought, what did I think? I thought the opening match and the closing matches were pretty good. I thought, and to give credit, I thought the women's match was pretty good as well, mm. though. I thought, um, not to you know bash on the easy target, I, th- I thought Brandy looked pretty rubbish still, yeah. Um, but, um
0: Overall, it was it was solid. I thought I,
1: the the. Overall, okay.
2: I was surprised at the the result of the Seidel match, um, where Seidel was beaten by, the Perfect Ten guy.
0: Yeah, um, that that surprised me. But I I think I think the thing on that, is I suppose realistically, he's kind of asked it like, do you really want Evan Bourne coming in and being. Um, like even though I think Sean Spears is older than him, like Matt Sidel has been like on telly for significantly longer than 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 he has. I, I, and when he lost that match, I was a bit surprised, and then went, actually, that kind of makes sense for about the level you should probably have
2: Seidel on. Um, strictly, in well, the, I just mean, in, in, in terms of that, he was brought in as like the mystery guy in the battle royale. That's true, yeah. That's, that's you know, yeah, easily to. Like he's not, this was his first Dynamite appearance. Yeah. He was in, the, in his, on, a, on the fake Dynamite. That was a bit surprising. Um, what was the first match? Scorpio Sky. What was he against?
0: Ben Carter.
2: Oh, yes. This is my first time seeing him. He was pretty good. He's
0: good. I enjoyed that match a lot. Yeah. Um, he got the COVID though. Um, sure. um,
2: uh, I, I do love when British wrestlers come out with the um, Union Jack Titantron. <laughs> and I just think of them as like you know, the, the people on Twitter who have the Union Jack in their bio. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh, love Tottenham and my wife. Uh, Brexit now or never <laughs>
2: oh, uh, But yeah. Uh, what about the actual Dynamite?
1: Dynamite anyway, was was pretty good, but well actually opening didn't match with a fucking disaster. The um, the
0: reserve. Oh yeah, God! When a show opens with Kip Sabian's music, you're just like, oh God! Mm.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. That match.
2: It was. Uh, Miro is like fucking the Hulk as well.
1: <laughs> He's gigantic.
2: And um, yeah, Joe is not very good. Yeah, is the the gimmick as well. Um, before that match, though, how how good was Eddie Kingston at getting this thrown together match up and running? He's great.
0: He's the man. You know.
2: Sorry, that was after the match. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, he came, he came out like, immediately, immediately after. Yeah. Right um, um, oh, by the way, sorry. Before I skip ahead. I know I'm jumping around here a lot, so I apologize. But like the the Miro Sabian match, uh, I think he calls that one the accolade. <laughs> uh, sh- no, Jim, don't say that. Don't call it that. He calls it a g- game over instead.
0: I believe he calls this the the Rusev Lock. No, no.
2: <laughs> I think he calls that the Rusev Day. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> love it. I love how we just... Well, these mother, these fuckers are called moves. The whole, I I know this one: the Echo Laid. Oh poor Jim, he doesn't get it. Um, Eddie Kingston, though, wow, wow, he's great. Uh, not quite as good a promo as Bully Ray. <laughs> oh God,
0: I can't even begin to get into
2: that. <laughs> I just got to throw it out here. Uh, he's a better pro than Bully Ray ever was. Yes,
0: absolutely, of course he was. Take that. Um, no, I like
2: Bully Ray. Yeah, but in Kingston. His, right. tier, I liked him, but Kingston is has has a a non wrestling quality to him that he's just he's just like a good actor, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't talk like a wrestler. He doesn't um, have that same cadence that everybody seems to have. He's very very natural. Uh, that, that was fantastic. I really, really thought it was great.
0: Um, what else is on this show?
2: Uh, uh, Hangman and Evil Uno.
0: That was alright. That was solid.
2: I really, I really like that. Actually, yeah.
0: Right. Um, the the Dark Order are, are solidly entertaining, and, and Uno is a you know kind of a sneaky good wrestler who can have a solid TV match.
1: Yeah. 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 Or Orange Cassidy, Brody Lee, which is pretty good. Good fun, yes. yeah.
2: The big, uh, the big Cody return.
1: Big surprise return. With it's the, the same uh... old Cody Rhodes, but with dark hair. Um, I I loved, I love this return and the dog collar uh, gimmick as well. That was yeah. maybe not everyone's cup of tea, but for me, it was very like N- NWA, So I've I la- lapped it up. So I liked it.
0: Co- yeah, Cody is like such a nerd for that stuff. Like he comes back, he takes a few weeks off to sell it, and he comes back with a slightly different look. And they're doing a dog collar match. Like he, it's just you could, you could. I obviously, you know, he's in it, so that's the big indicator. But like, even if you removed the names, you could tell Cody's stuff on paper a million miles away um, from everyone else's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jericho with. Uh... Matt Hardy and the, and the private party and <laughs> I, I loved when Jericho came out and said, no one gives a shit about your birthday yeah. <laughs> I remember mean, he laughed so much it was great uh, God bless Jericho um, private parties are pretty bad but...
2: yeah, uh, I liked when Cassidy at the end said, you're going to be my late champion bitch! Yeah, it was terrible and also, he goes, you beat me but I, like- uh, I, uh, I almost
0: beat you twice is like well, yeah, what that that and a fiver will get you a cup of tea.
2: Like what? <laughs> uh, I I, I they, they were kind of um they're kind of sweet in their band and they're bad stuff. They, I, yeah, uh,
1: they just need more practice. So I guess
2: um I like Jericho's face after he was called a uh, late Champion bitch. He's like wow. <laughs> um, I like what to do with Jericho MJF. So, uh, I know that was later, but I like I like uh I like their little back and forth. They're funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I tell you what wasn't funny, you're good. Uh the FTR thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh I'm like I get I get it's, I guess it's their point, but they're so withering. Like it's just so dull. And it does, even though it's supposed to be like what they actually are. It like it comes off like they're pretending to be old school and tough and and champions of a different era. Whereas Cody kind of does come off like someone who you can kind of picture being a territory wrestler in a way. Whereas yeah. with them, it's like they're doing an impersonation of that act, you know. Mm.
1: Agreed. Um, then main event: Eddie Kingston. Against Mr. John Moxley, which we re- I requested a couple of months ago, so glad um, that that was really good. That was a hell of a hell of a, fight.
2: Was. hell of a fight. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It Reminded me a lot of the although it was a much better version, the uh, the Eddie Kingston Justy match we got on OTT. Yeah, although yeah. although it was, a, although it was a less one sided as well, it was that that kind of Kingston performance where it's just let's just look at. Hit each other really hard <laughs> for the entire match. Yeah, okay. Very much enjoy that. Um, I like um, uh, Moxley using the bulldog choke. That's the same thing he beat Brody Lee with. I want to say uh,
0: no. I think I think it was a sleeper on Brody. I don't think he's done this as a finisher.
2: No, he's he's used, he's used the bulldog choke.
0: I think okay. I do like that in general in AEW they really emphasize getting more than one move over.
2: Mm. Yeah, because he be Cage with the iron bar as well.
0: Yeah, and and, and plus they every now and then they'll have a, a match just kind of end in a manner you didn't see coming. They did draws early on. I I love all that stuff because it it does feel like a lost art.
2: It's less predictable. It's it's what wrestling should be, right? Yeah. Um, and then at the end there was a big schmoz, as AW always has. <laughs>
0: yeah, they have to have
1: nice big schmaza.
0: Um so yeah, that's your that's your dynamite. Next week. Uh oh, they they announced a bunch of stuff. I can't remember what they announced. But in the in the coming weeks they've got a Jericho celebration for thirty years, and then they have the anniversary episode of Dynamite with uh Archer challenging Moxley if he is COVID free when that rolls around.
2: Yeah. That was very unfortunate the 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 old COVID situation there.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, and it's ongoing. It seems like there's been more WWE outbreaks. It seems like the Florida scene is really getting rocked by uh by a lot of COVID problems. So yeah, there will be lots of chopping and changing in the coming weeks, folks. Get ready for it. Um, Who's been watching the G1, lads? I have not watched a second of it.
2: Me? I've watched all five days. It's the only New Japan I ever watched. Yeah. So again, as I, I covered the first two days last time. I am not going to go through in too much detail i'll just point out some uh some highlight matches that people might want to check out um uh day three well let me just say any match with minoru suzuki in it is an absolute treat and an absolute joy mm. um that man is a little treasure that we need to protect um because the day he retires will be a very very sad day uh he's basically had the best match <laughs> at every show he's been on Maybe not maybe not the most recent one But I love the Suzuki matches He's such a good seller He's such a legitimate feeling performer uh, Love his finish Love his look Love his music He's kind of one of those all-rounders Who has it all um, What was good um, Jay White uh, Who I typically don't really like He had a great match with K- Kota Ibushi On the third day um from day four, um, Naito Zack Sabre Jr. was fantastic. I also love um, the Toru Yano matches. He's like the comedy yeah. guy. He tries to win by uh, count out or low blows and roll up. He, he's very, very funny. His matches actually are like a breath of fresh air from the constant, dead serious Japanese style. Um, I really liked Sonata. Goto from day four as well. Uh, Kenta Juice Robinson, also very good. Um, And then from the one there today, um, Jy White Okada was a hell of a main event. Wow. Yeah. Um, Shingo Takagi Osprey as heavyweights, not as good as they were at light heavyweight, obviously. Yeah, I saw
0: some clips I didn't watch. I saw some clips of that and I was like, eh, that was my favorite match last year. You know, didn't look like it was...
2: it was a bit of a slow burner. Um, it did build to a really good match. It's like last 10 minutes. Um, as opposed to the, the the famous one from last year, which was kind of balls to the wall for the entirety of it. Um, Kota Ibushi against Tomohiro Ishii was also a great match from today. Um, yeah, generally so far, I think it's been a strong G1. I don't think there's there's yet to be you know, those f- those few blow-away matches you have? I think there's yet to be anything on that five-star level. No. But plenty of uh, plenty of good four-stars in there. Um, and and because it's only five matches long each day, I ain't watching the the Young Lions do the Boston Crabs. I ain't watching that. But I'm watching the G1 matches and so far, it's been a fun G1.
0: That's good. Um, it is always a uh, a, a it's always a a, a great month. Uh, the old G one, uh, yeah. So that's that's the wrestling we've watched. There is a pay per view tonight. You might you might have be surprised to learn. Is it a TNA one? It is. Uh, it is a World Wrestling Entertainment show. Uh, which we will not be running down here. But, you know, people seem to be into the, the J.U. So Roman Reigns stuff, which is good. I've watched the odd clip here or there. Seems good, you know, um, but but I, I cannot say I'll be bothering to watch uh, tonight's show. No. Uh, yeah. So uh, with all that said, we might call it time there. Uh, we will be back next week to chat more about uh, the various things we were chatting about this week. I'm sure we'll have a Paper Mario update. I'm sure we'll have more uh, more games. We may have more Nolan stuff. Who knows? Um, we'll have the next round of Quit That Infernal Bracket. Very exciting. Some hot matches coming your way in the in, in the real G1. Um, And I'm sure we will have uh, More interesting developments on Dynamite To discuss as well uh, In our usual wrestling wrap-up So um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week, lads Um, And with all that said I believe we can say now ChairShotPodcast.com If you want to send us an email Uh, Anyway I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy And I'm joined I'm not joined, I'm saying goodbye, in fact (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, you I'm, I'm, the show
0: joined, I, I'm joined in saying That's goodbye. Right, i have so. <laughs> joined in saying goodbye with Joe Towner. H- uh, hello, goodbye, Ed Paul Griffin. Hello, bye everyone.